you, we were in the car and you said, Deren, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you still see yourself in yesterday? I was like, fuck no. I was feeling it. My, my body was just like <laughs> picking up on the signals. I was like, he's going to fucking ask me to like edit this or he's going to fucking ask me to ghostwrite it or something. And I would just tell Sundrin, Matt thinks he's going to fucking finish this book in a month. And then sometimes I'd be like, Matt really thinks he's going to yeah. finish this book in a month. What's going on, guys? You may be wondering why I am laying down on a stack of books. It's because I am at the warehouse and I'm signing literally thousands of these because of you. For everybody that's ordered, pre-ordered, supported in any way, again, thank you so much. If you haven't gotten it already, there's a link in the description to get it. And if you have read it, there's another link under that link for reviews. Honestly, as a first-time author, Reviews are truly, truly life-changing. So if you have literally 30 seconds, truly, it takes 30 seconds to review the book. You can rate it a one, you can rate it a five out of five. I don't care. So long as you rate it, it really does mean a lot. So please go to that link, go to Amazon, review it. it means the world. And now this is the first podcast since the launch of the book with the one and only Mr. Darren Emre, who wrote this very book with me, my co-writer, my best friend, Sometimes my therapist, sometimes my coach. In this podcast, we get into everything from our relationship to writing the book together and what that process was like, and also why both of us decided to eventually leave Yes Theory. I think you're going to get, per usual, so much out of this podcast. Again, the podcast squad, the people that watch these episodes, listen to these episodes, there's like a consistent amount of you, and you know who you are. If you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, that's me. I appreciate you. You're literally changing my life, supporting me in all the ways, and I can't thank you enough. So enjoy the podcast. Much love. Bye. All right. Cool. Uh huh. Well, welcome to the podcast. There. Thank you very much for having me at my house. I don't know how to let go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having us at your house. Thank you. It's very cozy. Thanks. Uh, I think you have more books than anyone I've ever met in their house. Mm. I think it's the biggest library I think I've ever seen. It's a burden, that's for sure. But I think, I told you, th there was another writer living before me. Mm -hmm. So I hope he doesn't watch this podcast. I don't think so. But I was sending him his stuff and he wanted to call a bunch of his books. And he was like, oh man, like, and I was like, sorry, we have to get rid of your books. Like I need to send them to you. I loved having them for a very long time, but now that my girlfriend's moving in, we have to get rid of them. And he was like, okay, I've been thinking about this and I'm going to go through a lot of my books and I'm going to give them away. And I was like, oh man, that's so sad. <laughs> and we won't have space. And then <laughs> weird enough, I kept half of the books that he sent away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of them are over there too. Why? And Dude, it's research. It's not even research. It's just like it's you're in your mind. Like I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, how would it be if once I fill all these bookshelves in like, I don't know, 60 books or so? What if I go through them and it's like, is it worth keeping? Is it not worth keeping? But at the same time, I think that's a good idea. It's good to minimize. It's good to let things mm -hmm. go. But they're a part of your memory as well, which is also a burden. Mm. But I love the fact like... I know that that Ryan Holiday book, which is the only book I'll mention in this podcast, even though I have so much, but it's like, I know that that's your book. Oh, really? Which yeah, one? Yeah, it's see. Trust Me, I'm Lying. Oh, you wow. gave it to me in Vancouver. Wow. And I read it then because we were trying to, you know, send emails to news agencies and whatever. And so I read it then. And will I ever keep it? Like, I don't think so. But I want to keep it because that brings back that memory. I see. I see. I so see. that's why I so love It's almost having like having photos. Yeah, of course, of course, mm. and not tucked away someplace. Interesting. Whereas everything that I haven't read is over there. Is over there and over there, which is also cool because then it's like, well, what else is there? Mm -hmm. it, it keeps you, it's the Japanese word, sundoku, I think, which is like buying more books, even though you know that you're not going to read them. <laughs> so you have this kind of like bookshelf that's falling <laughs> over idea. And I love it. Like yeah. when I worked at self-storage, uh, people would leave books sometimes and that's why I have random ass like art books sometimes mm. and a bunch of books about Armenians. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but it's fascinating. Maybe th I feel like that's a good place to start uh -huh. is the self-storage uh -huh. warehouse. Yeah. Uh, 
because this is in the book we talk about where you go after you leave yes theory yeah. in 2017 but for those that aren't aware of what happened after you left uh i mean i know to an extent what happened uh, yeah but even i'm not fully <laughs> caught up mm-hmm. so i'd love to know yeah the last time people saw you really uh yeah was in the yes theory video where you say goodbye yeah in 2017 no um i left and it was kind of awesome because I finished a book on the plane and I was like, this is the start of my new life. Like I'm going to be a diligent person and like I'm going to make movies and stuff. Sorry, go ahead. Maybe go first. Why did you leave? Because I mean, so there are two reasons and I think we get into it in the book as well. The first is one, my Canadian permanent residency was expiring, Mm -hmm. which then I learned is not the case. Like it, it was expiring, but you can always enter via land. And it's like, you always have that permanent residency. Your card expires. I see. So it's, you're at the mercy at the border officer who can say, okay, like come in, we're going to get you a new card, but you cannot leave for five years or three years or whatever. Um, but I, it was expiring and it was going to be risky. And it was just around when Trump was acting all erratic regarding Middle East, like banning visas and stuff. And I was like, Turkey's probably safe, but at the same time, I'm not going to take my chances. But at the same time, I left because, I mean, we, we talked about this a long time ago. I think even six months before I left, we were in a car. We were doing the Beverly Hills episode, I think. You were like, uh, didn't like, because you were, you were picking at me, you know? Like, because you knew that I was more like an employee as opposed to a co-founder because my mind wasn't 100% there. I could do the tasks, but I wasn't going to think about some stuff. Though I was very happy to provide, you know, like my opinions, etc. no matter how unsolicited sometimes. But at the same time, solicited because I was a co-founder. <laughs> but it's like, you, we were in the car and you said, didn't like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you still uh, see yourself in yesterday? I was like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I was like, well, and you're like why and i said well there's so much else to do and i was like matt do you see yourself in yes theory after 10 years and you're like hell yeah dude <laughs> oh my <laughs> life <laughs> and i said okay yeah. um which is something that i was very much afraid of ever since the beginning like uh my father was the only one of our parents i think who was very supportive i remember yeah. i was in dre's room and i was like dad what the hell is going on like we're doing 30 things in 30 days it's a youtube channel he's like go for it content is king I'm like i was like what the Smart hell papa. oh f- sh- for sure but i was always very afraid honestly to um be a part of something uh no matter like whether it's Freemasons or Yes Theory or anything, that's why I hate branded stuff because your identity becomes a part of it. And the more that we continued, the more that was going to be the case because it was growing and so on. And now, honestly, after seeing it after eight years, and I'm sure like we talked about it too, it's scary. Like a large part of your life, especially your adult life, is tied to this thing. And if you want to have something out of it like stray thought or whatever it would be very difficult it's kind of like when i did no theory and there was a backlash because it wasn't inspirational enough um and so i never i i I couldn't commit honestly and i think that canadian thing was a really good time to leave although i always say i would have loved to wait six more months to see the beginning of the roller coaster like when the algorithm picked up uh, and also get a blue check mark for Instagram for a profile that had no photos. I think that would have been hilarious. And then I could have left. Um, but yeah, so that's why I left. Like, I, I think I loved you guys. I loved the experiences, but I like, and this is, this is your pull quote. It's like, I, I hated, I hated a lot of it because it's like filmmaking. It's a lot of like break, go, break, go. And then there's some magic that happens that you couldn't have anywhere else except with this group, except with this channel. And that's sometimes it's all worth it. But at the same time, that stop and start taking place in a virtual world of YouTube that I didn't like at all. That was that weighed very heavy on me. And I was being more and more a part of it, especially with the Los Angeles Circle. Lovely people, but not my kind. So I was like, this is enough discomfort. Like there's a time when you want to do something, but you cannot because you have discomfort. There are times when you're like, yeah, this is not me. I'm going to listen to my heart and then I'll go. So I left. 
thanks to all of your understanding, honestly, which was very, very nice because I think that put friendship over the channel at the same time, which also helped the channel, I think, because I was grounding you, which also meant I was holding you down. That it also, mm -hmm. that I think you couldn't be as extravagant and as like silly and whatever, because I would be the cynical one who'd be like, guys, like, is this a good idea? You know, because most of the good ideas were stupid. In a, and I mean this in the mo best sense of what, uh, in the best uh, sense of the meaning. Um, anyway, and then I left. It was good. I moved to Toronto where my mom was living and she was living in this like one bedroom condo. And then we lived there for six, seven months together, which was kind of like a hearkening back to our adolescent life. And honestly, it was fine. It was, it was, it was good for six, seven months. And, um, I, I worked on a bunch of the movies that I wanted to make. I remade some of the movies and then I, uh, like caused some stir in the Toronto indie film community. And I was very arrogant. I was like, oh, I'm going to come back. And I'm like, I'm just going to lock myself in a room and I'm going to make the most amazing movies that you'll ever seen. And you'll have no other choice but to like accept my genius. That wasn't the case at all. Uh, as I said, I stirred some shit up and then none of my films got accepted because they were too out there. Like not in the sense that they, they just didn't fit the mold. Uh, and even if they did, I'm, I don't think that they were that good. And so afterwards I came to Montreal in like July of 2018, spent some time here. That was when the financial crisis hit. And then I kind of got penniless. And that's when I asked for the Snapchat money from you, uh, financial crisis hit in Turkey. And then I came back from, uh, Montreal back to Toronto for two, three months. This was in beginning of 2019. And this was when I had applied for a new permanent residency. Like I could finally leave Canada because otherwise you cannot. If you leave, it's the same thing. Like your permanent residency ex expired. You cannot use the same card to go back in. And that's when I was going insane. Like that was, that was very difficult. And so I went back to Turkey. That was amazing after like two years, because that gave me a lot of you know, like re revitalization. And then I came to Los Angeles to meet up with you guys for your Iron Man as well. And that gave me again, another dose of re revitalization because it was like, I, I, I will always have this. Like, I love this. I don't like it that much. Like I, and I remember being in Los Angeles and I was like, what am I doing here right now? I would go to museums and I enjoyed it, but I, I remembered like the logistics of Los Angeles was very tiring. And then I came back to Toronto and I was like, yes, like I'm going to fucking like finish this movie. And I finished another movie. It was good. It was great. And then I moved to Montreal and again, 2019 to this apartment. Uh, it was very cheap. Thank God. Like you never, <laughs> uh, don't let my landlord see this. Uh, but then, um, and then I had a friend who moved in with me for a while and then I actually like didn't have money. I was like, oh fuck, like I, I need to find a job. And I was getting very stressed. And as soon as it was, it was a feeling that I never felt before. And I applied for libraries, like a bunch of bookstores, et cetera. Cause that's what I was good at, you know? And that's what I wanted to do. None of them answered. My French wasn't that good enough uh, either. Uh, and then through a contact of my uncle, who a Turkish friend who used to own warehouses in Montreal, I had dinner with him and I casually was like, hey, do you have a job? And he was like, yeah, there's a job at the self-storage warehouse, whatever. And I was like, I'll take it. And he was like, yeah, you'll get to read all day. And I was like, I'll definitely take that. Done then. <laughs> and then I started working at a self-storage and that was such a relief. It was amazing to be in a country where minimum wage could keep me going. Like it paid for here. It paid for a lot of other, not luxury, but you know, like I could eat out one day at a time and so on. And then I could save money too. It was a huge relief. And I worked there with almost like 10, 15 other Turkish people in these branches. In mine, there were two, three Turkish people from two villages in Western Turkey who had emigrated here in 30 years ago. And that was an experience that 
definitely was like, oh yeah, okay, so this is what immigrants are like. This is not just like, hey, like I'm gonna come to Canada and like, how shall I say this? Like I'm gonna be a filmmaker. You know, it, it wasn't like that. It was very much like, oh, these people have been working in the same job. They're mm -hmm. making okay money, but at the same time. This is what they are here for. This is their case almost, like unless they want to move up and whatever. But this is the socioeconomic uh, part for them, even if they make good money, you know. Uh, and so that's where I improved my French. I read all day and it was very weird because I was very overqualified for the job. And I enjoyed it a lot because I get to talk to people. And I think I was... A lot of people who are, let's say, uh, more tired, like with their job and ev everything. And I get that. But I was just like, I was always welcoming people with a smile because I thought it was funny. Like I, I was so out of place and I could talk to these people. I had a huge beard, even bigger than this one. Uh, and yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And then after six months, I started enjoying it a bit less because it was like, okay, it's February and it's still the same thing and it's dreary. Um, and that's when I understood also like how that can become tiring, that fatigue, but also again, like how a nine to five prevents you from achieving actual change sometimes in your life. Like this is, imagine if people were working in factories for 12 hours a day, six days a week, whatever. If this is the good part, like of like a nine to five, if these are workers rights achieved with a nine to five. I still think that we're not there yet because you have no time to think about how can our conditions be improved, whatever, when you are so busy with actual work mm -hmm. and there's demands, even if they're abstract. Um, and then COVID hit. And then that's when uh, I had some talks with the job and then like uh, I didn't go anymore. Uh, they let me go. And then the Canadian government started helping people out. And that's when I had sold my shares as well. Like I waited for my shares to be in my bank account for uh, two years, I think, after I sold them. And that was a stressful time because I did not know. And then COVID was happening. And then afterwards, I've been here um, just like writing and doing some stuff. Yeah, after that, not much has changed, honestly, <laughs> after COVID. And for money now, what do you do? Uh, co-writing the yesterday book. <laughs> Please the buy this book. <laughs> Please Dude. buy this book. Um, <laughs> no, I not much honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, God knows, I'm, mm. I'm I'm still eating from my savings. Yeah, and I'm like, there are ways that the Canadian government can support artists through filmmaking and whatever. They haven't supported me, uh, but there are. Who knows? You build a career and that's how you get some funding mm -hmm. and so on. It's not going to be enough, but it's will it be enough to cover the cost of, let's say, a movie, mm -hmm. which when you pay out of your own pocket, it's too much. But when the government pays you that much, it's not that much for them. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah. Let's hope the book does well so Dare doesn't have to work for a few more years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would be willing to go back, honestly, to a job, especially if... I have a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. I'd love to be a night watchman. I always wanted to be like a customs officer in a border, like where there would be <laughs> Dude, nobody. If I saw you at customs. <laughs> like, but your passport, please. Dare, <laughs> but not even. It's like, just like in in middle of nowhere, you know, just like two cars every day, and then you just get to read. It's fine. Sounds like the worst thing ever. Like Why? I, 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 I would just get so. I mean, I, you could read for a few hours, but then I'd be like, I just want to like challenge myself. Like I want to do, you know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> more challenging but that's things. What but a lot of people don't have that privilege. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, But if you do, you might as well yeah. take advantage. Oh, of course, of yeah. course. Like you treat it as a playground and I think it would get tired mm -hmm. after a while, but that's all to, that's not to say like I would read all day. It's mm -hmm. more so. Like I would write in the mornings oh, and I see, go to see, work yeah, yeah. and so on. So like you still work. prepare yourself for a better future. Gotcha, gotcha. This is just your Kafka's bank clerk job. I see. Which helps, by the way. It does help. Einstein had the same thing. Really? Yeah, he was a post office clerk, I think. Really? Yeah, I think so. Patent office? Patent office. I'm not sure. One of those two. Yeah, yeah. He was like Dude, a When he was coming up for the theory of relativity, he was working a, like a, I think a full-time job as a, a patent or post office one really? of those two yeah we'll have to look it up but yeah so he was just like late in his late 20s like not a known scientist in any way and he wrote like i think three papers that revolutionized physics and 
nobody knew about it, I think, for a few years. Yeah. I mean, a few people did, but it didn't become well-known. So maybe that's you. Maybe you're oh, going to yeah. be like Einstein. And then three years after, people are like, Darren Emery worked at the same place I did in the self-storage warehouse. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, dude. But also, I think times have changed. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I think adapting to it is important. And I don't know how. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the biographies and whatever that I know of are from a different time. When Einstein is like, to his wife you're going to make me dinner every day and like you're going to wash my underwear every day and that's not the relationship I have with my girlfriend even though I understand how easy it is to in one relationship to like give all the responsibility now that you have someone who's like picking up the slack sometimes um, which is something that you need to be very well aware of and also the times have changed with money and success and I don't know if you can do the same, oh, I'll just be a blank clerk for a while until like I hit a big one with this book. I think it has changed to you have to work 24 hours to your own social media thing, uh, which can give you some money, maybe good enough, uh, a good amount of money, but not enough to hit it, hit a home run, so mm-hmm. to speak. Depends. There are liars per usual, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we thank you for the biography, sir. It's, it's been honor. so long. It took no, so no, long. I appreciate it. <laughs> even for me, it's helpful to know the timeline of it because I, I thought you had gone to the self storage warehouse. No, no, sooner. no, no. Um, I so wish I did. In 2022, mm. in the summer of 2022, you receive a call from yours truly. Mm-hmm. A call that says what, Daryl? <laughs> I. It wasn't a call. It was a voicemail. Oh, it was a voice note. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was like, and it was like a two-minute voice note, and I had just given you some feedback on the book, mm-hmm. and I was very brutal. Yeah. And, you, I, and you, I didn't want to be that brutal, so I toned it down, and I still knew that it was brutal. But well, I, I guess maybe for context, so I sent you the book a few months before that. Yeah. In a Google Doc. Yeah. Thinking I was pretty much finished. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to send it to Darren and like five other people because I really trusted your opinion, and I know you don't hold back the truth. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it, I'll send it to Darren. And then I think you read it, you read it fastest and you, I received notes from you. I think you read it within like a week, actually. Two weeks, I think. Maybe two weeks. Yeah. Super, super quick. And then you sent me the notes uh, and I remember reading them um, because this had been my third draft Yeah. and I was wiped, completely wiped out. And I so cared about what you thought about it. So to see, to just go, I literally just scrolled through. I didn't even like go into detail about every single one. I was like, every, it felt like every page was like, why are you doing this? What yeah, the, yeah, what yeah. The fuck is, what the fuck is this doing here? Like, what the, blah, blah, blah. Why are you talking about this? You know, and then like crossing out whole paragraphs. It was so demoralizing, dude. It was so, I was, I was actually, my friend had, uh, my friend and I had gone off for a little break out of LA for a little bit and, uh, I was supposed to be on vacate, like a, you know, a post writing break, mm. but I couldn't resist checking my email mm. and seeing what you sent back. So in, in the middle of that break, I read it and I literally, it was right after I read yours because Alex Benayan, my friend had mm. given me sim- actually similar feedback um, around the same time. And I was like, these two people I really respect do not like this book. And I walked outside and there's this like beautiful view overlooking the ocean. And I was like, I'm not fucking doing it. <laughs> I'm not fucking doing the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not even worth it. Yeah. Because there were other people that are like, yeah, it's pretty good. So I, you know, I, as soon as you guys said the feedback, I was like, I can't do it. Mm. So my coming back from that trip, I was like in LA. And that's when I talked to Amar. I was like, I'm not doing it. And he was like, you, you, you can do it. And then, yeah, I left you the the voicemail being like, if I'm going to do this, it's going to have to be with you. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'll just give my chronological events because I love that delusion. I love that delusion when you send someone a finished piece of work and you think it's going to be great. And then they, you know, (laughs) break it down. They, they, They smash it to the ground, which is awesome because that's what you need to do. It's almost like tearing the muscle analogy. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to you have to break it up like you have to demolish it again to build it up better um and that's why i don't think i trust anyone who says that something is good mm-hmm. there's always something to criticize i i get to 
accept it or not. Even if something's perfect, people can criticize it. And I will say, hey, like, cool, but no, 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 thank you. But when people are like, pretty good, I'm like, you're lying. Yeah, yeah this is this Tell is me fucked the up. truth. Yeah. Um, no, I received it and I read it fast because I think I saw early on the problem where like it was materialist in like in that way and like it was that egotist and i was like okay this is there's something off here in what way what do you mean well it was like i think your anxieties your worries and your barometer for success was materialist in the sense that it was like i was working as a dishwasher can you believe that you know, like mm. I was very low on the totem pole. And then afterwards, like Will Smith, like this is the most amazing thing that has ever happened. And now like we were making money and then like that kind of thing. And especially, which is true, but I think that like you were also like that as well. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think it was more that you had matured. Like, and I think to provide a feedback to your past self that was like that is different from still writing in that perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was like, okay, I, 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 I'm like, okay, wow, I cannot, because I, I saw that it was very, um, I always use this word in French, but like coince, like it was very bottled up mm -hmm. in you. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I felt at the same time. So I was like, okay, this is going, and by the end, I think you found a better voice of exper expressing yourself and I was enjoying it more, but there were still like, how shall I say this? Like pitfalls. And I was like, okay, this is, this is not working. And I just wanted to be very, 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 very critical. Mm -hmm. But I, at the same time to get like fucking podcasty, I was watching, this was like a year ago, maybe like I was watching a Van Neistat, uh, shout out to Van Neistat, my favorite Neistat. Uh, it's like, he talks to Tom Sachs, the artist about the wall, uh, that, you know, writers, everyone faces in their like project. And you think that the wall is at the beginning of the process. You think like you're going to overcome the wall. It's the first draft and everything. And afterwards you're just going to jump and then maybe you'll like spread your wings and it's all smooth sailing to the finish line after that. But the wall is actually somewhere in the middle, if not towards the end of it. Mm. And people get very discouraged at mm -hmm. that time. But the point is to actually prepare for that wall, uh, which is easier said than done, which is something that you need to, I think, live for yourself. But you prepare for that wall and you enjoy climbing that wall by the end. And then it's the smooth sailing part, mm. uh, depending. Um, but yeah, so... I, I, as I said, like, I love that delusion. And I, and I saw that I was like, fuck, this is how I was back in the day. And like, this is how I am still back in the day. So I knew that I needed to say something drastic anyway. So I sent it, um, toned down, but with love. And then I received your voicemail and it was like a two minute, 30 second voicemail. And I was at Sundrin's and you're like, hey, dude. <laughs> and I I knew it. I knew really? it. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was from like 10 seconds. I was just like, I was feeling it. My my body was just like picking up on the signals. I was like, he's going to fucking ask me to like edit this or he's going to fucking ask me to ghostwrite it or something. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And then you said it. I was like, oh, like still going. And then it's so funny because I watched the first podcast that you made and then you're like... Wait, which podcast? Like the first one where... With you Mark Manson? No, no, your, oh, your first one. one. Yeah, 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 the solo one where you're like, didn't call me or like he left a voicemail and he's like, dude, fuck yes, which is true. Yeah. But there was a lot, like 15 minute <laughs> like, oh God, <laughs> beforehand. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is the best thing. I knew it would be very fun, but at the same time, as always, I have my own stuff going on and I'm trying to figure my life into a routine, which is very difficult, which is my like discomfort, not zone of comfort at all. I'm very easy with all over being all over the place. And so I asked Sandrin, I asked a few friends and then I was like, this is good. I'm sure like this will bring in some money. Uh, but at the same time, I would love to work with you again. And I think that was the prime thing. But also selfishly, I was like, this could be good to for not a career in the terms of like, oh yeah, like here's a book more in the sense that when you look at someone else's work, you can be so much more critical than you look at yours. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what mm-hmm. uh, I also wanted to do. So even if it wasn't my field, I wanted to take a crack at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was and I was also scared because I did not know if I had the skills uh, to do it. And I think when we started working on it, I got the confidence, but I think it was also a bit as if I was play acting. I was like, no, like we can't do this. And you're like, yeah, you're right. And I was like, I am right. <laughs> and I said, but it's true. But that's Just how it, feigning confidence. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I think that's how you always... Like a coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, or like a director or yeah. whatever. Even if you don't know, it's kind of mm-hmm. the confidence you give to the other person as well. Yeah. Uh, which... And I felt it. Going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. sense much doubt in you. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. I mean, we... After this conversation, it took like three days for me to get out here to yeah. Montreal. It was August of last year yeah end yeah. of august uh and the main thing it was i mean you and sundra had been dating for like five or six months by yeah. this point so it was still a new relationship yeah and i was coming in with the expectation that we were just going to work off my draft the one yeah. that, uh, that you criticized so i was like oh even in the plane like i filmed a little selfie video on the plane on my way to montreal and i was like i'm so excited to work on this draft with darren i feel like we're really close <laughs> i literally was like i feel like we're almost at the finish line he's gonna take me yeah. to the finish line yeah. and then i get here and one of the first things you tell me is we're gonna start over but we went off your draft too we went very much off the like foundation and yeah. a lot of stuff we took from it but the uh, the idea of having to start from scratch not even with the writing with the foundation yeah, yeah, like yeah. you you made us go through like a full breakdown of the outline for like i was gonna be here for a month i thought by the end of the month i'd be done and that have a book so funny that and you're so like funny. the first five days i think we spent on the outline by the fourth day i was like dude we're i mean i'm gonna leave and I'm gonna have like a page of this book done and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like so <laughs> but that was so funny that was so i i every night i came back like you were also like dude we're gonna do it in copenhagen actually i'm gonna come to montreal and sandra was like after a while she got numb she was like i don't care anymore <laughs> yeah. um which is the same thing with the shanghai thing um yeah for me it's easier honestly mm-hmm. so much easier uh but for s- other people who are organized i can sense their this, not disappointment, but just the whiplash. Mm. Um, but every night, because that's I'm, I'm just doing this as a comparison to, I was so much more okay with it. Every night on the first few days, I would go come back and I would just tell Sundrin, like, Matt thinks he's going to fucking finish this book in a month. He's like, oh my. <laughs> and, then so, and then sometimes I would be like, Matt really thinks he's going to yeah. finish this book in a month. And so it's like I was, I was uh, putting a humorous lens on some of my anxieties too. But it's true. And I think I, I had the power almost to be like, you're not going to. Like mm-hmm. I, I, could, I could be the stopgap, you know? Mm-hmm. I could, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. And I remember we were in, um, we were in the Mordecai Rickler library and I'm like, dude, if like three days for the outline, that's great. Like that means that we can finish it by like this month. And I was like, it's just doing this. I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like people understand my reactions, but I really don't think that people do sometimes in the sense that I think they just, um, maybe it's because I'm smirking a lot. Yeah. I think also, I mean, I was deluding myself because yeah. If I were to think that this was going to take another six months, I would have never done it. Yeah. I had to convince myself it could be done in a month. True. Otherwise, it wouldn't. I wouldn't even come out to Montreal. I would have been like, there's just no chance. Yeah. So, you know, thinking that it was going to be a little shorter is actually maybe beneficial. Yeah. Otherwise, I, yeah, it would have been impossible. Yeah. Um, but you were, I mean, literally, I, I say this in the book as well as, you know, you, you became not only a co-writer, but a therapist, a coach, yeah. like all these different things. And here we go again. Oh, but true. You were, you were a therapist for me too. Yeah. I mean, I think especially later down the line, when you started to feel the exhaustion too, uh, we started to, I started to show up for you as well a little bit. And I think, um, the, the cool, one of the cool things I realized early on in coming out here and working with you was that one, I hadn't been back to Montreal. Mm. And since we left in 2016, um, and two, you had this perspective of yes theory hmm. 
mm-hmm. having been removed from it for a long time and all these different memories that I had forgotten. So I, I realized pretty quickly, I was like, there, even if it was the best editor in the world, mm-hmm. best co-writer, best whatever, it would not have been as good because they didn't live it. Mm-hmm. They didn't get it. Like you had to be there to understand it. Yeah. Um, and so it, it felt like this in, an incredible privilege because not only did you have the experience of Yes Theory, but you are like the most well-read person by far that I've ever met, but also the most intense critic. Mm-hmm. So it was this perfect combination of like understanding what I was trying to say, but mm-hmm. also even though you didn't have necessarily like editing experience, you'd worked on a ton of writing projects yeah, and had, you know, like I said, just all this experience of, of reading. So I quickly realized you were the right guy. However, there was still a little bit of doubt about it because I was like, this is both Darren and I's first time writing a book. Yeah. How the fuck do we know if this is any good? And the one barometer for yeah. success was whether Tom, yeah. our mentor, who is is Mark in the book, which is still hilarious. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you yeah. changed it again. Yeah, yeah, I changed it to Mark. We I think you changed it. No, no, it's Mark. I know, but before it was something else. I think you changed yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I changed one it. One last time after everything yeah, yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Tom was the person that depending on what he said we were going to continue so we were like okay let's work for about a week and a half yeah and send him the first two to three chapters and see what he thinks yeah and even this is the first time i saw you oh yeah be like oh yeah yeah it it felt like the first time i had somebody really in it with me yeah that could feel like oh shit what's the actual feedback gonna be from people we really respect yeah uh and so we i sent it off to tom I think we waited, it was on a Friday, so we waited a whole weekend and you kept texting me like, has Tom answered, has Tom answered, has Tom answered? (laughs) And then finally on Tuesday, after like four days, he freaking responded and he was like, yes, this is great, keep going. And I remember texting you and you have this reaction every time that uh, something like this happens especially over text, yeah. you just go, ha 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 ha, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yeah. It was yeah. like, oh, it was one of those moments for my reaction is just collapsing. Yeah. And I was like, it was just more like, okay, we're in the right direction now. Yeah. Like I found a way to, to get there. Yeah. Uh, and that I think gave us the confidence to, to really keep going. Which is something I really respect in Tom. Mm-hmm. Like even when he first watched the Snapchat videos, we were expecting him to be, like Sebastian or who was like another person that Snapchat. Like or very every, positive. Exactly. And, you guys are the best. And he's like, that's good. It's, that's But that's yeah, good. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that. You, you have to live for that because that's a support. Mm-hmm. I think people don't realize that it's a support when mm-hmm. people are like, this is good, but it can be better. Because that means that they believe in you. Mm-hmm. Like if someone just says it's pretty good, you have to stop here. Yeah. Then you're like, is this my limit? So anyway. Yeah, I remember that too. I, well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I still don't know. I still don't know how it is. I think it 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 is good. I don't know if it's, but it's also such a like specific book. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's difficult to gauge mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, I well, think that's the the most important thing. Right? Yeah, even doing the audible for it. Des was actually in the in the studio with me when I was recording it. Oh, I was yeah. like, came out. I was like, damn, this is this is fucking good. Oh yeah, I was really you excited. Like I was like, yeah, really <laughs> <laughs> classic Darren. <laughs> Tell me the truth. Yeah, Yo, you can be honest. I don't care. Yeah, yeah but genuinely, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's obviously some parts that were hard to write, and yeah. you know that as a first time book, you know, you get stuck. Oh yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, for me, like. I came into it, it was very similar to the Iron Man, where I was like, I just want to finish this. Mm. I don't care if it's that good. Yeah. And for the Iron Man, Aaron come in, came in and was like, no, we're going to do like a good race. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Gonna be a, you're going to be in the top quarter of the race. You're yeah. not going to be number one in the yeah. race, but it's going to be epic. Yeah. And I like I fully changed my perspective on dreams and goals and stuff. And Yet at the same time, you know, with the book, I went back to my old habit of being like, I just want to finish it, you know, and you coming in be like, fuck a mediocre book. We're going to write at least a good book. Yeah. Like it's going to be something that people will enjoy reading. Yeah. 
especially if they're familiar with our story a little bit. Um, and so I think that to me is the most surprising part of it is like, holy shit, we actually wrote a good book. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's crazy to me. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's a great book. Yeah. I don't think it's like the best book ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but for a first book and for the story we told, I'm so proud of it. Me too. And I think it's a good balance. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I would have written completely something else. You would have written completely something else. But I think it's a good balanced look that is neither on one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think maybe that stops it from being something outrageous. And that's why it's amazing. But that's why some people would have hated it at the same time. But this is a solid testimony to... To what happened and i think that's something to be proud of as opposed to writing the most amazing book in the world mm-hmm. especially in this um but i think i just want to say like when i said you were my therapist yes in the book but in other areas as well where i think i'm a perfectionist and i think you're a results-oriented person i think we both have our you know 20 percent 30 percent differences in that like i'm also a results-oriented person but not as much as i'm a perfectionist etc and I think you were my therapist through that too. You were like, it's it's okay if this is good. And also do your own project. Take some time to do that too. And I remember you were telling me, like, use the money you have to make a, this short film that I was doing at the same time or like pay your friend to be an editor. And I, because otherwise I was very afraid of going out into the world and doing a lot of the things that stopped me even from accomplishing stuff and so i think you were my therapist like this Mm. book was also my therapy in other aspects as well in the way of like having confidence in yourself yeah but also like stuff out but also doing stuff like yeah the good is the enemy perfect is the enemy of good Mm -hmm. idea and you were very supportive in that Mm -hmm. you were like no you go out and do it not because it would be the most amazing thing but you pushed me to um engage more with the world even if it meant that i would lose some things in the process whether it was time money energy and so on mm. which have been I, I haven't yet seen the rewards but in a very personal way it has been very uh satisfactory mm-hmm. so thank you very much honestly yeah dude of course yeah. uh thanks for saying that yeah i receive it yeah <laughs> <laughs> We work in Montreal. Mm. We work in Copenhagen mm. afterwards. Uh, we spent a month together in Copenhagen where I'd say that was probably the, the out of the whole time, probably the most brutal, like the most difficult part was like once we got into the book, like you were saying, the yeah. wall. Yeah. It's like not just the beginning. It's once you're halfway, three fourths of the way and you're like, oh my God, like this feels like a gigantic mess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were in this new city and we explored it. We got to see like museums and bike around and stuff. But there was it, this frustration, I think we both experienced where we wanted to be able to really enjoy traveling and enjoy mm. being in a new place together. And we had to sit down for like six to eight hours a day and just yeah. work on this. Yeah. Um, but we did. And I'm so proud of that. You know, I'm so proud that we stuck to it. Uh and I think it made a, I mean, obviously made a huge difference, but afterwards, after Copenhagen, we go back, you go back to Montreal, I go to LA and we travel around, you go to Turkey, I go to Paris yeah. and we start working remote. And by February, um, it's complete. Yeah. By February of this year, it's done. And we were together on the call when it happened. When I remember filming you being mm-hmm. like, it's officially, it's dude, it's like actually over. Yeah. Like we actually did this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've described what that was moment I think was like for me on, on my end. I think I've talked about it on the podcast. I, I literally, after our call, I walked outside onto my porch, you know, up in the mountains of Topanga and I just sat down and looked out and I was like, I just can't believe it. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe it. I can't believe I wrote it. You know, and I, yeah, I felt this deep sense of gratitude for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, holy shit. I like, I'm so proud of myself for asking for support. Yeah. You know, for like reaching out for help and not thinking I have to do this alone. Um, 
So that was the moment for me, for you. I mean, you were in the middle of your project of your film and everything. So yeah. did you, did you feel any kind of, do you feel like until the book is out, you won't fully experience it? Or did you feel any kind of sense of completion? I'm less involved with it than you, I think. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it was very, it was bittersweet because it was the end of our, you know, almost daily talks and stuff. But at the same time, I was coming to a place where I really needed to work on other stuff. And at the same time, there was the earthquake in Turkey. And I remember, I think it was like probably nighttime in Turkey, like seven o'clock and so on. And we left the call and I was just like, and I have a problem with celebrating, even if it's just for myself. I remember, uh, I don't know, like when I finished my first novel when I was like 21, like even the first draft, you know. It's just I talked to my dad and I was like, okay, that's cool. What am I like? Oh, a friend was calling me. Now I'm going to grow. I cannot celebrate. Mm. I, I have a problem with celebrating. I am so much more exciting, excited during the process of it. So it wasn't, I seen the book. Where does that come from? Hey. Hey. But seeing the book, honestly, it's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, that's a feeling that I did not expect. Because I, I believe in the physical form, um, and it's and it's great. It's 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 crazy. Um, I, I still cannot believe it. Sometimes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, no, no. It's, even as you're holding it and we're talking about yeah. all this, it feels crazy. Yeah, and honestly, it looks so good. And and as someone who never cared about appearances for a very very long time, you realize why, like you know, how Des came in and like changed it all and then you fought for stuff, you realize why this matters too. Because it's like, this is this is the package that gives you the everything inside. Puts it all um, together. Yeah, and I think I I like it. I don't know, I think it will be interesting in the Q&A, but it's not, it's not me. Like in the sense that neither, I, 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 I don't like celebrating regardless uh, even when I finished the short film, we were at a rap party and I was just like, all right, cool. Like mm -hmm. everybody get drunk. And I was like, all right, mm -hmm. cool. But also this is not, this is not me. Mm -hmm. Like I am, I'm a part of it and I'm very proud and happy to be a part of it, but I'm not, this is not my crowd. This is, I, of course, like it's the fans and all like people who do it, but it's, mm -hmm. it's not me. So I feel a personal sense of accomplishment, but that expresses itself as relief as opposed to, how shall I say this? Like going out to the world and being like, mm -hmm. yes, you know? So do you feel like that's something you want to experience with your own project? I guess so. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did not even get to see that with the short film when that ended. Mm. I think it was, but even uh, like, with the, with another short film I made that I showed it to like thirty people in a you know festival, that was very gratifying mm -hmm. because I think people got what I was trying to say and it was a personal project, etc. And I think I hold myself back because I understand how almost destructive that urge can be, that ego boost. You can be mm -hmm. like, oh, for sure I did this, and who the fuck are you? I'm sorry, you know, like that's very easy mm -hmm. to get into and so i think i shut down and i think what i do in those times is oh okay back to work just like even if it's just reading even if it's just taking a cozy time even if it's playing a video game but for me that's still work in the sense that you still get to do something mm -hmm. i yeah I'm, I'm less uh a person who celebrates or sits down and then just like looks at nothing for a while mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to challenge that a little bit Yeah. in the next month because you're going to come out to LA yeah. for the launch party Yeah. and we're going to celebrate. I mean, this it's, this podcast is actually releasing post. Oh. Yeah, post-launch. Uh-huh. Because um, I think it's very, very cool for people to see, you know, hold this while listening to this. Yeah. I think will be epic. Um, so the book's already out, mm. but let's talk in the, like, as in the future, we're going to freaking celebrate. But I, I think I, I like that because it was so weird when I was in uh, Los Angeles in 2019. I was there with some group of friends. This was Amar's birthday where people skydove and everything. Or skydived. Uh, and some of my friends from Turkey were there.
and I was just hanging out with them and you guys were having a party and dancing just as, you know, in Yes House. And we were just like, okay, like we're, we're not that kind of people, you know, we're not like, woo, woo, mm -hmm. kind of. And then I think like you dragged me in and then someone carried me on my sh on their <laughs> shoulders and someone took off my shirts and I, I was doing this to the crowd. And then the <laughs> song ended and then I went back and I sat next to my friends and they were like, what the hell was that? <laughs> And I was like, I don't know, like we get along, you know, but I think I, I am, I can celebrate, but that's not my, and I love celebrating, especially with you guys and so on. I, I do love that sentiment. Um, especially that, so the crowd and the environment matters a lot, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it is, it is, it is something of a discomfort to be perfectly mm. honest. I mean, I even say that, you know, at the launch party, if I'm speaking in the past, yeah. I'm sure it has been great. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, or I guess if I'm speaking in the future, um, the sentiment, what I think I'm actually going to feel though, when that day arrives and even until the end of the year, is just this enormous sense of relief. Yeah. Just this like letting go of the restriction that this has caused and just like the pressure and the, you know, the, lack of sleep and the overworking and all of it. I think ultimately I literally just want to wake up in my bed and not have a thing to think about. Like yeah. not have a, this project to think about. Yeah. Um, to me, that is like the, actually the greatest gift is knowing I did my best, knowing we gave it our all and that people are enjoying it and then being able to let it go. Yeah. So I'm super, yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing I'm so excited about. And also, I mean, What's really cool is, you know, on Friday, uh, we're going to be traveling together. Are we going on Friday? I don't I'm, know. I don't think so. We're not going on Friday? I don't. That's why I told you we're, you're going to stay here forever now. Amar is getting his visa this next week or something. Cool. I have no idea. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, maybe we don't have to go into that, but the past week in yeah. Montreal. Yeah. How has it been for you having... Uh all this here it's it's funny because i think i i told this to so many people when we first did the project 30 caribbean i was like this is a good group to travel because i don't want to kill them by the end mm. <laughs> and this is the like again barometer um it's so important to because we have our common points, but we have our huge differences. And the idea is to manage that. Mm -hmm. You guys gave me so much time to walk around, do my own thing when we traveled, which I loved. And at the same time, like I was there when we needed. But it was interesting because I think, one, seeing you again, like all together, that was, it, it's giddying. You know, there's nothing else to say. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. Talking to Thomas, we went to have coffee. That was a very like nice moment because before I think either we didn't get to have those or I think when we had it in 2019, he was very preoccupied. I think he's been much calmer too. So that mm -hmm. was really nice. Um, I don't think that we got to do a lot of sightseeing, unfortunately. In Montreal? Yeah, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we only went to McGill. That was fun. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's interesting because, how shall I say this? Um, there are, it, it's very positive and negative because i think the more that i've seen you not you but everyone else be involved with the youtube world i don't think we were like that like six seven years ago we weren't that tied to our phones and i think we are even more tied to our phones um and i think that has become difficult to see in the sense that yeah like i am hanging out with my best friends but at the same time 24-7 their minds is somewhere else um, even if they don't want to um, and so that gave me the idea of oh yeah like this is why I left like because that stop and start you know like hours at the Airbnb where there was nothing going on and then someone sends an email and which I like because then I could have my carve out my own space to do something but at the same time, that life to see that, I was like, oh my God, this was what it was like. And it was because it was so far away and because I was younger back then, I couldn't put my finger on it. Mm -hmm. And I could now. And I think it's bittersweet. So it's like, I love seeing my friends, but I also want to see my friends. And I can't get to see my friends because we are shooting a video right now and so on. And I think it is, I think traveling will be very different. Um, 
And also because like we'll be in China, we won't be in a place it will be so so easy to be connected to the rest of the world. But it was I don't know, it's I and because I'm also distant from it. Like I I I'm not in the you know daily anxieties or like oh like someone's feeling down what will we do for the next 24 hours about that and so on like i'm not in that either so it's amazing especially because on thursday night when we left lola rosa that which was great like that was like mm-hmm. it it's it's coming back to me as celine dion says uh <laughs> only she says that yeah, yeah. <laughs> all coming back to me now with such intensity mm. and in such happiness too mm-hmm. because i always felt it i feel like montreal emanates that but mm-hmm. with you guys i i felt that and i went did did karaoke when at a bar where there was no one and i was so happy um but at the same time if that's one extreme i could see the other one at the same time um so it's it's not bad at all but it's really good and at the same time it's a bit like oh like we are very tied Mm -hmm. to this Mm -hmm. um which is i think something that you have struggled with a lot as well like Mm -hmm. matt from yes theory all the troubles like sleeping for six hours for so many days like you mentioned in the book in los angeles you would sleep for six hours and you would be going at it for 18 hours and then sleep for six hours which is something that it's that's not going to hold and so it's been great but it's also a bit i don't know a bit a bit bittersweet because it's something that i'm not a part of anymore thanks for sharing yeah i can empathize with a lot of that Mm -hmm. i had a lot of the same feelings yeah because i mean i haven't been in a video you know like that for a long time um, you know, and I felt it too. I think, I mean, even in this book, you know, we talk about like the best moments are the ones where the camera's off yeah, and we're just hanging out as friends. Uh, cause when it, they are on, even in, you know, this is a little different, but it still is a job. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. And it, if your friendship is tied to this job, it's, it can't fully be a friendship. You know, it's a partnership. It's a it's a business partnership, and so I've you know seeing the whole team, being with the whole team, like you said in the Airbnb, I felt that too. I was like, "What are we doing? Yeah, like why are we just hanging around? Yeah, like, yeah let's yeah, go, yeah. let's get moving. Yeah, come on. Yeah, we're in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we haven't been back in forever. Yeah, and we've spent like forty eight hours in this freaking ha- in this Airbnb. Yeah. Um. And I think, you know, as same thing, like there's this like feeling of, wow, I love these guys and I love what Yes Theory stands for and all of it. However, I also recognize why I'm leaving. Yeah. I recognize that this lifestyle is just not for me. Yeah. It's not what I want. And in a way, I mean, we say this at the end of the book as well, is like leaving and living our own lives and not having to film it is the embodiment of yes theory Mm -hmm. i think like the that alignment with your own truth following your own bliss you know all the taglines that we have is what you did first yeah you know by leaving in 2017 and now i feel like you know this difficult process of exiting has been for me and the next phase of going into the complete unknown is is that as well it's yeah. like holy shit I have no idea what's gonna happen but I kinda love it yeah I fucking I'm just like whoa it feels like I'm graduating I'm so yeah stoked yeah of course yeah I I think it's not only it's a job but because it's YouTube because it's in the internet you're connected to the entire world with this mm-hmm. because you also have a huge platform too um, so it's very difficult to get out of that head uh, get it out of your head even which I empathize with, or rather I understand, but I cannot empathize, so to speak, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I saw, because I think all three of you either caught the bug earlier on or were already like that in the yes theory mode of life, and I was not at all. In certain ways, but not always. I think for me it was always more of a smaller thing in the sense that 
seeking discomfort does not have to be jumping out of a helicopter every day. And I think when I was answering some of the mails uh, in 2016, 2017, a lot of people were asking, how do I live your life? Like, how do I like have a house in Venice and do this? And I'd be like, dude, that's not it. And I guess like some people are like, Project 30 alone is so difficult. I know, <laughs> like obviously, but you don't have to do it either alone or you don't have to do a Project 30. It's all about the small, small things that just need to push you over the edge. And that's all. And for me, I got it. I got it in like day 15 when I think it was the bridge jumping. When we realized the bridge we were supposed to jump was really um, high. But then uh, Thomas was like, we're going to jump out of like, even if it's a smaller bridge. And then he jumped into the Lachine Canal. And I was like, wow, this is a high. Or the break dancing didn't work. And sorry, the skating didn't work. So we did break dancing with someone. And I was like, you make the best out of the day. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. And I was able to leave with the lessons mm -hmm. early on so but it's lovely i think that's what graduating is you know you carry that information or that knowledge to whatever comes next even if like you don't know what's going to happen but you know how you might respond to those things because you're better equipped now mm -hmm. and i think that's that's the excitement it's mm -hmm. not like i don't know what will happen yes but I don't know what will happen, but I also... I trust myself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's a good feeling. Yeah. And uh, now, to wrap this up, any last words there? No, it's... Honestly, I'm a very harsh critic. It's a good book. Like, it's a good book. It's an enjoyable book. It's a, it's a, it's a quite an enjoyable book. Perfect way to end it. Uh, Love you, Ditto. Love you too, man. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh.